It's time for Wheel Nerds. And here are your hosts, Chuck and Todd. Hi, and welcome to Wheel Nerds. This is episode 29. I'm Todd. And I'm Chuck. We're going to be talking about motorcycles. And down in Fraggle Rock. (laughs) Anyone who was alive in the 80s got that one. All our listeners were alive in the 80s. (laughs) Most were old in the... (laughs) Never mind. And we've just lost some listeners. (laughs) All right, I think we need to jump right into the ads today, because this is a solid week for ads. Yeah, we've got a bunch to go through. ad-tastic week. I think what's going on is everybody is going, Oh my God, winter's coming! What am I going to do? I have to get this thing out of my garage! My wife is so mad. Did you say ass-tastic? (laughs) Ass-tastic. It's a busy week. Let's go to this one first. It has nothing... It's not a motorcycle. Nope. Oh, this is the helmet ad. Yes. Scorpion XO 1000 helmet, $100. I am selling my Scorpion XO 1000 helmet size medium. I was recently in a motorcycle helmet. However, I was not wearing it, so it has no damage. I only used it for about three months. Stop. I have a question. (laughs) Yes, sir. I was recently in a motorcycle helmet. Presumably not this one. (laughs) However, I was not wearing it. Well, he wasn't wearing this one. I don't understand. (laughs) No sense. I was recently in a motorcycle helmet. It's a stinky one. <laughs> it's true. Uh, also selling a women's Scorpion XO 400 helmet size medium. I, I bet he wasn't in that one either. Nope. <laughs> a nine-piece luggage set, a half-fairing windshield, and a motorcycle cover. You know what the sad story is? No one's been in the women's helmet. <laughs> He's just been riding up <laughs> been and riding down. around with it on his tail. <laughs> Even went to the dragon. I was like, oh, it's a sausage fest here. Thanks for the heads up on that, by the way. He showed up at the kickstand club at the gas station. Who wants to ride on my back? Hello. Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> crickets. Crickets. And then the bike falls over. <laughs> I need to sell it. Oh, man. Well, if you're in a motorcycle helmet and not wearing it, it, wait a minute. I just figured it out. He was in a motorcycle helmet, but not wearing it, which I think means it was like on his foot or something. <laughs> That's, uh, hmm. He had two helmets, one on each foot. There you go. He yep. was stunting. Clump, 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 clump. <laughs> oh, gee, you know, that's a really tough one. Do I want to buy a helmet that someone had on their foot or a helmet that had your head in it? Who? My head? <laughs> Ooh. Oh, no. It's uh, a tricky decisions. one. Helmet was $300 brand new. Um, and much too large. I don't think I paid 300 for mine. I've got this. This is my current yeah. helmet, you know? This yeah. is, and I highly recommend this helmet. This helmet is awesome. Probably not this specific one. No, yeah, it was that one. <laughs> That's you? <laughs> you want to buy a helmet? Haven't we talked about you and sizing helmets? <laughs> That's why I don't fit. <laughs> I have to sell it. That's why I haven't been wearing it. <laughs> well, you were in a motorcycle helmet recently. Yes. Uh, half-face sun visor, that's true. Full-face visor, yes. And the mm. cheek pads have an air pump to where you can tighten the pressure on your cheeks and release it. So you yeah. can make silly faces at people. Well, I don't need a pump for that. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I'm, uh, I'm, eh. You know, used helmet, I'm not. Proofreading is your friend. Mm. Proofreading is your friend. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Next up, someone sent you something shiny. Yeah, uh, this is a Buell. The gold Buell looks a- like a lightning all gussied up. Oh, totally golden Buell. No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. <laughs> well, I might expect the di- bike to die. Thump, <laughs> <laughs> fire, spring. Speaking of Buells, let, uh, let's talk about that real fast before we go on. Friday, mm. they called me up and said the Buell was all ready to go. Sweet. So I went down to pick it up. Dun, 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 dun. I was about halfway home, mm-hmm. and I noticed the turn signals no longer worked. <laughs> Nothing. Not even cute. No, no. So I was like, well, damn it. I need to turn around and just take it right back and, you know, sure. fix it right fix up. Fix my turn signals. Plug them back in. So yeah, I was a little upset. Yeah, you know, well, that's a little irritating. So I might have got on the throttle a bit. How'd that go? Well, uh, the guy behind me thought I was shooting at him. <laughs> oh, man. And then he thought I was pulling over to argue with him. So the, so the fuel filter is not the... Uh... The fuel filter does not seem to be the problem. Mm. I pulled it right up back to the shop. And the guy comes walking out. He's like, what are you doing back? (laughs) (laughs) And then he said, what's that smell? (laughs) Ah, okay. So you're able to reproduce the burning shit smell. Right. The burning shit. It was still doing the burning shit smell. Um, He got on. He's like, can I take it for a ride? I'm like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. (laughs) He came back five minutes later. He's like, I thought I was going to have to call a tow truck. (laughs) 
Well, I guess you're not hallucinating it, so that's good. Yes, I, he, I've proven it to showed it to him, demonstrated it to him. He, we still have no fucking idea what's wrong with it. So that's no. That's he was making noises about electrical. That wouldn't surprise me terribly. That would say shit burning could be wires or something. That's what his thought was. Yeah, and if they're burning and grounding out on something, then it can make all sorts of strange shit happen. Yeah. They had shimmed the seat because I guess they've had problems before with the, the ECM right under the seat. Uh-huh. Uh, you're vibrating or, you know, heat or stuff. I mean, I'm Farting too much. Right, yeah, that. Mm. My Buell's got a, one of those race ECMs on it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I don't know. Wait, wait, wait. That means it's totally fast, bro. Yes. Wait, wait. Let me turn my ball cap in an appropriate 43-degree uh, angle. Okay, yep. Right yeah. There. Good. I feel cooler. Nice. Should I take my shirt off? I don't think that's necessary. Let me undo some buttons. Hold uh, on. Oh, oh yeah. Wait. What have you, how long have you been wearing that Corona tank top for? <laughs> Shh. I knew it. They're not supposed to know. I always knew it. Come on, bro. You know, the other thing is uh, I rewired my lights in a very messy way. So this may be Chuck-induced? Well, yeah, what isn't? <laughs> Good point. I mean, they pull the fly shield off and they see the rat nest of wiring that's underneath. They may say something. Well, just be cautious because the first thing they're going to do is they're going to be like, it was a rat's nest and we fixed it. Ride it first. Yeah, well, they know that they need to get on it at about 55 RPM and mm-hmm. the problem seems to reproduce in some form or another pretty reliably. Right yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. And and the shop manager wrote it. Okay. He saw it. So he knows what's up. He smelled it. Okay, then. He was just like, wow, you know, we're going to get with, he, what do he call it? He called it like secondary service support or something. Special support. I'm like m- imagining a big orange helicopter and Bill text, you know, skydiving out on, on bungee cords. The ones that are still employed. They actually just open a closet door and Eric Buell is standing in there. <laughs> like he's like like nothing happened. Like he's been standing there all along. Aha! <laughs> All this steam comes out. <laughs> <laughs> He's holding a bottle of Grey Poupon for, I don't know, some odd reason. That's really strange. Yeah, it is. But, you know, it's Eric Buell. He can get away with it. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll see what happens. In the meantime, you can look at the Gold Buell and it's... it's Gold Buell! What's that song? Gold Bueller! Bueller? Gold Bueller? Gold member? Yeah. Gold Bueller! I don't uh, actually know the tune. No. It's like a movie. Before your time. Hardly. (laughs) All right. Our next classified. Our next ad comes to us from Albuquerque from one of our uh, constant contributors, Charlie. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. So this one is, uh, hmm, let's see. Big Rock 107 Motor 6 Spring Trend, fattest tire like new, $8,777. How'd you get Bobcat Goldplate to come? Thanks, Bobcat. Call who? Jay! Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't get that. Call Jay! Okay. So, yeah, it's a, it's a hell of an ad. <laughs> so, if you're interested in this big bog, you know. Big bog. Call Jay! Stop doing that. <laughs> 8777. Yeah, that's an odd number, isn't it? <laughs> Oddly specific. I wonder if that's like what his balance on it or something. I, 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 I don't know, but... $777. Yeah. Fat ass tire like new. You mm-hmm. think the tire's like new or the bike's like new? Big bog. I'm thinking the tire. What's a big bog? Fuck if I know. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's like a like a kind of a swamp that's, uh, you know, got trees in it. and I don't uh, I don't associate that with motorcycling. Well, you know, I mean, you get the bog and there's a fat ass tire in it that's like new. <laughs> the bog is barely used. Last ad. This comes from Chad, who has a new blue scooter. <laughs> now he's looking for another one. He needs a friend for it. Yep. Uh, this scooter is, it's a color. It blue. Never say that again. Okay. <laughs> the 2007 Honda Metropolitan, Metropolitan, mint condition in South Carolina. And it looks actually pretty cherry, I have to say, from the picture. Yeah. The only problem I have this ad is mm-hmm. his pricing. Okay. He says he will entertain trade offers in $1,500 range, or if you want to buy it, he'll take 1250 firm. So if you have a motorcycle, he wants a really fancy one, and if you have cash, he wants less? Well, I don't know, a $1,500? Well, $1,500. He wants something nicer than the scooter for a trade for a scooter, I guess. 
I, I guess. And I mean, he's asking in the fifteen hundred dollar range, but he clearly says twelve hundred. I gotta tell you, if I had a twelve hundred dollar motorcycle, I'd probably trade that to him. Be like, well, you said twelve fifty, so here's this, and it's worth about twelve hundred. No, there's a guy that's showing up with his scooter saying it blew twelve fifty. <laughs> Trade. <laughs> He'll be like, where's your scooter? I don't deliver. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were never going to talk about that again. I'm sorry. Listeners, you're so sick of that. I know. Actually, I'm, I'm pretty amazed at how many people have adopted the it blue thing. It's a little <laughs> scary. <laughs> it pops up here and there. Here and there. Yeah. yeah. Here and there. But so, yeah. uh, I, I would say, you know, if, you, if you're going to be writing an ad for uh, to sell something, don't lowball yourself in the ad. <laughs> yeah, don't undercut yourself in your own ad. I understand what he's going for here. He's like, if he's if you're going to – he's looking for if you're going to trade something, he wants it something good. And if you're just willing to pay cash, he's willing to take a little less because, you know, fucking cash, right? Right. But yeah, I, I guess I might have said, you know, like 1500 OBO, OBO and we'll consider trades. Yeah, you don't need to throw it out there because I did that when I was selling my truck. Yeah. Guy, you know, I advertised it for 14000 mm-hmm. And the guy shows up and he's like, 14000 huh? And I'm like, I'll take twelve. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> <laughs> and then later on he was like, so twelve, huh? But I I I said fourteen in the in the ad here with my my ad fourteen thousand. The worst 14, negotiator 14, ever. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so we also got an email from the winner of our adventure contest. Yes, Heather. She put the prize to good use and sent us pictures of it. Yep, we'll put those up on the site. But as you can see, she is. Uh, it's not pictures of her butt. Don't, e- don't even start thinking about. It. I I mean I those that's what I asked for, but she didn't, <laughs> she didn't send them. It's all right. She. Toilet paper is an adventure Starbucks bike extraordinaire. <laughs> so I particularly like the picture where the bike is all toilet papered up and the two guys are looking at it like, huh. <laughs> I really enjoy that one. That's a good look. I, yeah. I like the uh, the picture of the owner of said bike. <laughs> Discovering his, toilet, his paper. toilet papered bike, yeah. Everywhere. Hi, Charlie. Hey. <laughs> In email news, I've got uh, BMW's uh, newest uh, news spam. Oh, okay. Yeah. They've got a, something. They've got some new vehicles coming. Do they? Yes. Okay. Let us look at a picture of one. Mm, that, it's, uh, um, it's that. That's That looks like a Suzuki Bergman. What? Never heard of that. Uh, no, it's obviously a new BMW 600. Uh, oh, I got the pictures messed up here. Hold on. Oh. It's this. There. That looks like a Suzuki Bergman. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not. It has a BMW roundel on it. Oh, Okay. So earlier when you sent this to me, I went online and looked at Web Bike World, and they said, After considering it, listening to BMW staff and reading the massive amounts of information provided about this vehicle, I think it will indeed change the course of scooterdom in the USA. It has touring potential, and from watching the videos shown by BMW, it handles like a motorcycle. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you sound upset, Todd. <sighs> Let's go through the features a little bit, shall we? Yes. All new parallel twins, 647cc with a CVT transmission. Bergman. Fuel, fuel injected. Bergman. You 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 can yeah. There's storage under the seat. You can store stuff on every scooter ever under the seat. It's it's good around town, but can do highway. Bird fucking man! God damn it! I, I don't get what you're trying to say here. Well, clearly this is a revolutionary new vehicle. Nothing before this can even compare. Bergman. Bergman. <laughs> fucking Bergman. <laughs> It's a goddamn Bergman with a BMW roundel on it. That's their research department. You know what happened? We got a sticker off eBay and... Oh, God, those stickers off eBay. I told you. <laughs> they never come off. And they stuck one on a Bergman. They're like, fuck, it's stuck. And then somebody walks up and they're like, wow, is that your new BMW scooter? We'll buy one. And they're like, okay. Oh. <laughs> so they bought a whole bunch of Bergmans and they marked them up like five grand. And they put the fucking roundel on it and now they're selling them. You know what happened to the web bike world, guys? Insane. They got into a tiny little presentation room mm-hmm. and then Helga from BMW came out and said, hello, I'm here to give my presentation on the uh, new C600, C650 uh, scooter. And all the middle-aged guys were like, anything you want. <laughs> Here's my credit card now. Just take it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> It is good for highway miles. You can oh press the menu button as much as you want. I mean, I'm all for seeing more maxi scooters, but the, the, the marketing on this thing is idiocy. Like, this is totally new. Bullshit. <laughs> bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Well, it's, it's okay, new. Look at the two to... pictures side by side. That's the Bergman. That's the Beamer. Bergman, Beamer. Bergman, I've lost track. <laughs> I mean, Christ. Uh, Even the seat looks identical. Uh, the... They, they haven't fallen too far from the tree. No. No, this isn't really a revolutionary maxi scooter. I mean, it looks like it's probably an okay maxi scooter. Yeah. I, I mean, the Bergman 650 is awesome. The sporty one looks sporty. Oh, yeah, because it looks nothing at all like the sporty silver one <laughs> or the Bergman Sport. 
<laughs> I mean, it's definitely this is definitely I think uh, them moving into an existing market. It's someone looking for an intelligent mobility solution combined with the BMW Montarad riding experience, which is to say a lot of money. <laughs> The riding experience, <laughs> lots of money. Yes, and uh, yeah, I, I applaud them for bringing in another maxi scoot. I think their marketing is just intense idiocy. It's sixty horsepower, so it's like a little more powerful than a Berkman. You think there's a market here in this country for for a BMW scooter? I um, don't know. I'm thinking at the price range they're going to be looking. At. I mean, look at how well the Piaggio MP3 did. Not nah, because yeah. it's expensive. Yeah, and I think I think and Beamer has the Beamer Roundel, and there are people who will just buy stuff because it's Beamer Roundel. But even those people I've talked to are a little like, how is that different from the, all the other maxi scooters? I, I'm having trouble trying to picture who's going to buy this thing. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not finding the the market because the people who are going to be into scooters, everyone I've met that's into scooters, mm-hmm. knows scooters. Yeah, they know scooters. They're, in they're, and out. they're scooter people because that's what they want to. I mean, does no one ride scooters to be cool? You ride scooters because yeah, you like they're, them. They're on like Bergman Majesty uh, Silverwing. Right. You know, if they're yeah. on maxi scoots or right. like a reflex, you know, like those are pretty much like those four just own the entire maxi scoot. And granted, those are most of the maxi scoots in existence, but sure. And if, and if you're, if every you're one of them is awesome. If you're looking at labels on scooters, the only label you really care about is Vespa or maybe Piaggio. Vespa's got that long history behind it. Yeah, it's retro. True. It's it's the cool new unibody, age, all that stuff. It's new age fun with a vintage it, feel. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, yeah, Vespa's got the name. Mm-hmm. BMW doesn't. BMW's got the name with adventure bikes. They got the name with cars. Scooters? uh, No. I was thinking scooter, and I thought, I need a BMW. What? (laughs) Are you drunk? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Don't tell anybody on the show. (laughs) (laughs) The Wheeler's got liquored up before. (laughs) It it helps. (laughs) Makes the pain go away. Uh, But, yeah, I mean, I don't – I mean, Europe, I guess, there'd be a market because, you know, Europe is is a two-wheel – yeah, I mean, like the whole two wheels as, as a just a basic mode of transit makes sense. But again, I'm thinking even in Europe, and there's even more maxi scooters from the Japanese people in Europe. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. So they'll be they've competing. got a stiffer competition over there to compete with, and I'm stiffer. I mean, unless they're <laughs> unless this thing is just like just you know like rip your pants off things like the the T Max, the Bergman, you know, all of these things. The the Suzuki, I think it's called the Exciter. It's like a 250 maxi scoot. They made. I mean, the, can a maxi scoot rip your pants off? I don't know. The Bergman 650 hauls ass, which is pretty impressive for a 40-horsepower machine. Okay, it already hauls ass. So what's this thing going to have to do? Well, it's 60-horsepower, so it's going to haul ass more. Is it going to be worth the BMW Premium? That's the thing I'm wondering, and I don't know. I wonder if it's got an automatic windshield. Kind of look like it does. Bergman Executive already does. Does it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I got nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I I think it's cool they're getting in the market because the market is a neat market. But, like, come on, guys. You can do better than that. I just I, I just don't know if there's a market here for that kind of bike. I, I'm inclined to agree. I think this is probably going to tank in the States. Because there's nothing really – I mean, There's nothing that sets it apart. There's nothing that sets it apart. And there's nothing in this country that really pushes a two-wheeled culture besides guys in tank tops and mm-hmm. guys in adventure suits. And guys in onesies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I agree. It's, it's not – you know, everyone sees two-wheeled vehicles as recreation. Mm-hmm. Too practical. Too practical. Too minivan. Yeah. Which has always been the Bergman's problem. Because if you're going to be, you know, doing anything in the winter or cold weather or anything, you're obviously going to be in a car if you're a sane or rational person. Only an idiot would possibly try to ride a bike in winter. Only the basest, dumbest, stupidest, mouth-breathingest form of life would even consider getting on something with less than four wheels and trolling through winter with it. Right, Todd? I can't really argue with that. (laughs) That said, the only time I use the car is actually when I drive to your house for the show. It's like a treat now. I get in the car and I'm like, ooh, 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 look at these seats and these four walls and this roof. Oh, lordy. So yeah, so, so how's how's that going? Um, you know it's going better. I got the uh, I got the fairing. I had that last week, but uh, I also got the uh, the lower parts for it now. The uh, the mud guards. Those things are great. The combination of the mud guards and the fairing make a big difference. Get all that wind off you. Yeah, yeah, that's a big deal. I've uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. I'm riding a bike with no fairing whatsoever. How's that going? <laughs> Mornings are brisk. Mornings are brisk. Thank God I'm wearing the onesie. Gazi, I love you. <laughs> yeah, and th- so the time change has shifted too. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I think I think I think this riding winter thing it's going to be that time of year, isn't it? Where it's, you know, the the, the people who were going to put away their motorcycles and not dream of getting out on stupid days have done so and it's down to the real idiots. <laughs> <laughs> you you see a guy on a motorcycle in the morning now and you're just like, "What the Ooh. hell is he thinking? <laughs> what a maniac." I saw two on my commute in. Yeah. This morning, yeah. Yeah, there, there's one guy who always on the way home pops out on his sport bike with no helmet and he passes me. I'm like, With wow. no helmet? Yeah. I'm like, well, it's in the afternoon, so it's only slightly freezing ass cold. And he goes blowing by me when I leave work. And I'm like, wow, you passed a Ural. <laughs> Good job, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to buy a helmet? <laughs> I wasn't wearing it. <laughs> I'm an extra. <laughs> oh, God. No, nothing? I mean, there's a guy I see on the freeway in the mornings. Um mm-hmm. On a on a naked sport bike, mm-hmm. but he's he's pretty bundled up. Yeah, I, there's a couple guys I see. There's a guy on a cruiser I see every morning going the opposite way, but he's like as gussied out as I am. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. windshields and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I can't imagine just right. Well, I mean, I'm doing it, but I've got all the. But you have gear on. I've got onesies on. I've got electrics on. I've got uh, oh, yeah, neck gaiters on. My visor down. <laughs> Breathing funny in my helmet to mm-hmm. try to keep the heat in. <laughs> So that's what we kind of want to talk about this week. It's getting into that you're a slight maniac for riding. So how far can we push the riding into the cold seasons, Chuck? Uh, pretty far as long as these roads stay clear. What, what's yeah. going to be what's going to be your line? Well, wait. Let me go first. My line's much clearer. Um, once my driveway starts icing over, mm-hmm. that's that. That's it. End yeah. of story. End of story. Okay. I'm a clumsy enough person. I don't need ice in my driveway. You need no extra help. <laughs> Yes, and after my mishap a few years back, which not everyone considers a mishap, uh, <laughs> I've learned, yeah, it, uh, slippery slippery driveways will clobber you before you've even left home. But you've got three wheels. I've so. got three wheels, so I'm in a different world. So yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to push it until I can't stand it anymore. I'll probably have access to the car again because I think uh, I will pretty soon. But I uh-huh. think I'm going to keep trying to do the three wheels thing so the wife can have the car for job stuff. So I don't know. I'm going to try to push it all the way through. Um, I think the things that are going to push me, that might push me over the edge, are going to be if there's just no way for me to get comfortable. I mean, I'm going I'm going balls out here. I've got the heated jacket. I've got the full fairing now. I've got a pinlock shield on the way. I've mm-hmm. got the mitt thingies. thinking I'm trying to figure out how to install some heated grips on the Ural and find a place for a switch on the damn thing. Mm-hmm. What's the uh, what's the lap rope? Oh, yeah. Person was... bring that up in the, our Facebook page. Yeah, so I'm looking into the lap rope thing. I'm not, I'm not sure about that yet, um, whether I'm going to bother with it. The lap what rope, is it? It's essentially like a kind of what it sounds like. The thing actually from scooters, um, that scooters use, where it attaches to the edges of the cowling, or in my case, it attaches just forward to the, just behind the carbs or forward to the carbs, can't remember which. Okay. But it comes up and it kind of diverts heat from the engine to kind of make it go over your body, goes over your legs, down the sides, and then wraps around your back kind of behind you. Like, okay. So you're like those evil old guys in wheelchairs with yeah, the shawl actually, over it's, your it's legs? Yeah, it's a lot like that. Are you going to be stroking a cat? Probably not. <laughs> Throwing people in the smoke I'm trying to imagine a cat sitting on my lap while riding the Ural and I'm just seeing a lot of claws and flying fur. I mean, you're already through the I expect you to die, Mr. Bond lines. Good so. point. Yeah. <laughs> you're on your way to evil geniusdom. Almost there. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I think the lap robe is kind of the next, the, la- the lap robe is going to be the last line of defense. If, if I've got the lap robe, the, the gloves, the heated grips, the, the middies, the full fairing, and I'm still freezing my ass off and uncomfortable all the time, um, I think at that point I'm just going to have to be like, all right, you know what? You win, Winter. <laughs> you win, Winter. I give up. Damn you. <laughs> Like my my big thought when I'm riding in, in the cold is covering up my skin. Yeah, that's a big one. And any little bit of skin you have exposed is going to be miserable. Yep, it's going to hurt. Mm. It's going to go from uncomfortable to to just this plain painful. Yep. Yeah, very quickly. Yeah, you, you gotta get your neck gaiters. Uh, you gotta get your layers. You just nice big gauntlety gloves. Yeah, nice bit, nice big gloves, which well, the, uh, I hate. The trouble with a motorcycle too, and, and this is the the standard trouble with any outdoor stuff. So your your convective heat loss on a motorcycle. So convective heat loss is where the air pulls heat away from you. And that's the most common one that you get yep. as a human being. That's terrible on a motorcycle. You're in like the worst convective heat loss possible environment. But then the other thing you have to worry about is conductive heat loss. That's where if water or something conductive of heat is touching your skin, it will pull the heat away from you. So that, that's why they say, you know, cotton kills. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because it does. Cotton gets wet. Cotton holds water next to your skin. It wicks heat away from your body, which is then lost to convective heat loss. Yep. Um, so it cools you incredibly efficiently. Which you don't really want in you winter. You really, really don't want <laughs> in winter. When you're sitting in a wind tunnel. Yeah, when you're <laughs> sitting in a wind tunnel, it's really not the best thing ever. So... 
Yeah, it's not to, not to be trifled with, and layering has definitely turned out to be the key. Lots and lots of layers. <laughs> lots of layers. I've got the I've got the insulated liner. Although the problem I'm finding with layers is for going to work, there's a limit to what you can get away with. Yeah, because pretty soon you go from being you know layered and warm to being layered and being like the Michelin Man. Yeah, and you can't turn your head to look properly, or you you, yeah. you lose a lot of mobility in your hand. Yeah, I kind of noticed that with those glove liners. That was I've, I've ditched those. Um, just because the put on the glove liners inside my gloves and my my ability to like operate controls goes down sharply. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, whereas my big mongo goes up halfway to my elbow insulated gloves. I still have a little bit of dexterity and then I put those inside the mitts and there's basically no weather cold enough to make that an issue. I don't so. like my my big mondo yeah winter gloves. I, I have problems getting all five fingers into those. Oh really? Okay. Yes, uh, that is blame. Usually my pinky gets gets hung up or something. And hmm. Whether I have the liners on or not, it's interesting. I get four. I get three fingers in, my thumb in, and then another finger is out of luck. Waving. (laughs) Interesting. And it just kind of irritates me the whole ride. I did that last February Mm -hmm. when I rode to Viffer to San Diego. Yeah. It was just annoying me the whole way down. Yeah, it's really, it's the thing I'm noticing is every little discomfort just adds to the stack. Because there's a stack of discomforts the whole time. You know, like I talked about before. Get up in the morning. It's cold. It's wet. It's fucking dark. You're tired. And you have to go to work. Which oh, is, by uh, the way, put on all these layers in this gigantic idiot suit with like 14 zippers. <laughs> oh my god! And then plug yourself in. And then plug yourself in. And uh, try to look through your fogging up helmet. Yep, try to look through the fogging up thing. Uh, there's idiots on the road. Let your crappy carbureted bike warm up for five minutes while you're standing there. Turn your head to full motion of 20 degrees. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. Um, Every little discomfort will stack up, so eliminating a few of them makes a pretty big difference. It's, it's amazing how the little things help. Mm, yeah, so hiding behind something. You know, yeah, your you windshield. Find something to hide behind. Your windshield, your lowers, your bags, your cowling, your fairing. Something. Jesus, don't be out in the open on a naked bike. In the I mean, the Strom's better for that, right? Strom's better for that. It's. Uh, I would have to say now that I have those lowers on the Ural, it's actually not as good as the Ural with the complete set. Really? Okay. Well, the Ural's complete set goes from about my toes to uh, the middle of my face. So oh, wow. it is wide. Okay. So the Ural is really, really good, actually. So are you getting any wind hitting you on the Ural? Uh, I'm getting some, not a ton. I actually have a little, little tiny bit of back pressure. Is the Ural able to go forward at that point? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not down a hill. Well, here's the the thing. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of surface area up there, but which is more aerodynamic, a fairing or me? Stop looking at me like that. (laughs) Son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm thinking. Let me answer it for you. The fairing is more aerodynamic. I'm not the smoothest guy in the world. Ask any woman I've ever met. Oh! Zing! <laughs> Wait, that was on... Oh. <laughs> so well, you said you got a pin lock coming. Yeah, I got a pin lock visor coming. One of our listeners suggested one, and I had actually already ordered one. It turns out, by the way, when you order a pin lock, if you order a pin lock visor, yep. even if it's clear, clear, you get a visor. You don't get the insert. So you then have to go and order the insert. Yeah, I know. It's lame. Wait. Yeah. Say that again? So the Pinlock Visor said, Pinlock Visor, clear, clear, because it's some fucking Chinese reseller on Amazon. Okay. So I order the thing and I get it. I'm like, okay, I got the Pinlock Visor. This is going to be great. And I pull it out and it's the visor with the pins in it. Oh. It doesn't have the damn insert. Sold separately. Sold fucking separately. <laughs> Didn't read the fine print. Uh, so sleazy reseller I've ordered that from and it's coming. <laughs> Looking forward to that. I was glad to hear from a listener that that's the way to go. So I'm hoping for the best there because the uh, being able to shut this – I've been okay the last few days because it's, uh, you know, it's been down in the, the upper 30s, which is a lot more manageable. So I've just been cracking the visor. And frankly, with the amount of protection I have from the fairing, I can crack the visor and not get a ton of wind in. But I'm really looking forward to being able to close that thing all the way. I haven't seen a pin lock before. How's it work? So essentially the way a pin lock works is the visor itself has two little kind of pin cami thingies okay. off to the sides. Inside or outside? Uh, they stick inside, I think. I have to look at it again. But basically there's another like bubble shield thingy with a little like um, like a silicon edge that mates to the visor and then the pins hold it in hard against it. So essentially there's air between the two. So it's kind of like a pair of ski goggles and how it works. Okay. So that air between the two keeps it from fogging up. Oh, okay. So it's it's the people who have them really think the world of them. So I'm uh, I'm hoping for the best there. That would be uh, that would be a nice touch being able to see. So the visors are, are helmet specific. Yep. You got to order that, and then you got to order the little insert. Thingy. Insert. And I'm not sure if those are helmet specific or not. I ordered the one that said it was for my helmet, but uh-huh. I don't know if that matters or not. I just wonder why 
you had a, a seller that wouldn't sell them together as a kit. Are they not normally sold that way? Well, or? I mean, you could buy different kinds of inserts. Do you like have to I replace the, the inserts? Dark, I don't know. You get like a dark insert or a yellow insert and all these. I'm, I'm, this is all new to me, so we'll, we'll see what happens. If it doesn't fog, I'm happy. Okay. That's really – I need very little out of life. Being able to see is one of them. <laughs> it's already dark and wet and cold. God damn it. <laughs> As you see, winter riding is treating us well. Yeah, it's, uh, it gets pretty brutal. So we got a note down here for two-wheel versus three-wheel techniques. Yeah, because I, I was thinking about this and the way I approach things on three wheels is wildly different from the way I approach them on two in the winter. Okay. Like the shit yeah. I'm worried about is very different. Okay. Yeah, I, I can tell you what I'm worried about. What's that? Ice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is my number one worry, bar none, is uh, I'm going to hit a patch of ice. Mm-hmm. Either, you know, in my driveway, on the street, on the freeway, in an intersection when I'm making a turn. Just, yeah. Just plan. Yeah. I'm just going to lose it. Yeah. And I, I, I worry about that to a certain degree on three wheels, but I guess I don't worry as much about it. Because you'll just kind of... Well, I've got three. Yeah. So one of them's probably... Touching the ground, you still. won't fall. <laughs> I'm not going to fall over. I've seen the way you take corner stud. <laughs> <laughs> I might slide. <laughs> uh, uh, ride, ride safe, kids. <laughs> totally. <laughs> By the way, we are totally doing the polar bear ride this year in the Ural. Uh, do we have to wear thongs? No, because you know the polar bear swim where the guys jump in the. Little... No, it's not the swim. Oh, okay. It's just a ride. It'll be us and a lot of people on touring bikes who have heated gear. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Can I drink? Yeah. Okay, cool. Give me a monkey. You have a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this is uh, two wheels. I'm worried about. See, not just the ice because the ice is one of those things like. You stay out of, like, the shade, and I find it's basically okay. Mm-hmm. But also just the packed-up snow really worries me on two wheels. Packed-up snow on the road? Yeah. Well, because the minute, the minute it's packed up, you start to get the snow shifting on snow, and it's like, well, splat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's what I fell in on the Strom. Mm-hmm. You know, snow over slush is slippery as crap. See, in my head, that's lumped under ice. Okay. Any, right. any sort of water in a solid state on a road-bearing surface? Ice. Ice. Check. <laughs> All right. That's okay. what I'm – I'm scared of that. I'm scared okay. of the loss of friction. Gotcha. <laughs> so whether it be snow or slush or just plain water on a trolley track, yeah, that scares me. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Yeah, my big my big worry with three wheels – and one of the things with three wheels on ice is it's like, you know, don't freak out. My, my real worry is my front wheel slipping in the middle of a turn. And that's pretty much the only one that really scares me. Because if the front wheel slips in the middle of the turn, I'm going to plow is the term for it, where the front wheel begins to skid. Okay. And you do what's called plowing because it will literally plow up stuff in front of you. Okay. And the bike keeps going in whatever line it was going on at the moment the sliding sliding began. Uh, So unsettling but not catastrophic. Unsettling but not catastrophic as long as it grabs back up before you go in the ditch. (laughs) (laughs) Or children. Or, you know, Or the trolley. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) That's gotcha. A, that's my major worry. I mean, other than that, with three wheels, it's it's not a whole lot different from going on really slippery sand and stuff. Not really very challenging, frankly. It's kind of like you're in a car, right? I mean, you yeah. you worry about loss of traction mm-hmm. and hitting stuff, but you're not going to worry about falling down. Yeah, that's about the size of it. Yeah, yeah on the on the two wheels, once the road starts changing what it looks like on the top, then, uh, <laughs> it's time know, to stop. It'll be time to stop, or at least put it away for a while. Yeah, the other thing that worries me is the other drivers. Holy oh, shit. Yeah, especially in the beginning of winter, the first month or so. Oh, yeah, when people have, like, bald summer tires on and they're wondering when they're sliding all over the place. Is that what it was? I thought they just forgot what winter was. <laughs> uh, sixes. You see this in San Diego a lot. Yeah. When the start of the rainy season, mm-hmm. that's what our winter is, is we yeah. get rain. People just go nuts. They go absolutely apeshit. They have, it's like the water's from falling from the sky. <laughs> it's the end of the world. Parking lots flood an inch, possibly two. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And uh, first thing everyone forgets is that you have to drive slower <laughs> in rain or anything. Right. Just no one even thinks of that. They just go for broke. They just keep driving like they were. Oh, man. <laughs> you, notice, you notice that sometimes, too. And it, it's funny because, I'm frankly, I'm one of those people. But I'm one of those people because I have, like, really expensive snow tires on a four-wheel drive car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, okay, snow tires and good brakes do not allow you to brake physics. <laughs> but when there's just a light dusting of snow on the road and it's, like, pretty grippy, come on. Okay. But, as you say, this is a light dusting of... <laughs> Breaking distances increase, folks. Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. 
And uh, if you're on a bike or even on a Euro, uh, that's scary. Yeah. Seeing yeah. people kind of just sail beyond their control. You know, yeah. sipping the coffee as they go through the intersection sideways. <laughs> oh, no, I'm skidding. <laughs> <laughs> I wish we were making that up. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, we're not, though. No. The other thing I've noticed, and especially lately, after the time change, I've noticed this. The sun is right down at the horizon when you're going to work. Okay. Yeah. In the morning. And even depending on where you are in the middle of the day, it could be pretty low to the horizon. So it's always right in your face if you're going that way. Mm. I find my, my sunglasses are almost less important in the summer than they are in the winter. Let me think. You're, you're heading s- pretty much south. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but then there's a part where it bends and it goes east, and if it's popped up above the mountains, it's like. Yeah. This was a bigger problem when I used to commute up to Park City, where I'd be going east in the morning and west in the afternoon. And man, in the in the fall and spring, when that sun just stays right down close to the horizon for a long time, it's it's bad. It's Mm -hmm. it's blinding. So it's going to be there. Be aware. Don't be one of those people who comes around the corner on I-80 at uh, East Canyon and is like, oh, my gosh, the sun is in my face. I've only been in a shadow watching this really sunny place come up on me for the last mile. <laughs> well, he was reading his book. Apparently. Sipping his coffee. Oy. Texting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you think the sun, I mean, uh, you know, in winter, the sun is kind of worse because it's reflecting off the snow and stuff. That too. We don't have a whole lot of that going on right now. Yeah. But... You know, it'll pick up. We'll have a lot more snow before the roads are impassable, at least for two wheels. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's just the snow and the, yeah. and the sun. Snow, just the sun be a down close to the horizon. Look the fuck out. Wear some sunglasses. Uh, we've got a listener uh, mail. Oh, okay. Actually, this was a comment left on the, uh, the Wheel Nerd site. Cool. And it kind of is appropriate for this thing. I'll, I'll read it. Okay. Todd, the crybaby. Yeah, that's true. Uh, adventure does indeed hurt. But be strong, it gets better in spring. I've been carless for two years now, and while I may not be in hardcore Utah, are we? I'm hardcore. Go on. Okay. I don't have three wheels either. Vancouver is not known for its frigid temperatures, but it does get freaking cold once in a while. Hey, on a bike, cold means something different, as you know. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I hear you about the cold-wet-dark combo. That does indeed suck. I don't remember if you guys have mentioned this, but a pinlock is the bomb for visor fogging. And in my opinion, the only thing that works, get one. Yep. Okay. So getting one. That's Peter. Uh, he likes to pinlock. It's good to hear. Test ride. Actually, we've got a we've got a somewhat belated test ride from Charlie, frequent contributor, and I'm happy to report that World Stromination is continuing apace. So okay, what what do you mean? Charlie's got what a Strom? He well, sold the the Multistrada for a Strom. He couldn't he couldn't take it. He had to have one. He's desperate for a Strom. Well, not exactly. When Charlie came up here for my wedding, I uh, let him ride my Strom around. Oh, right, right, right. Because, you know, it was cheaper than him renting one. And yeah, 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 yeah. And I wasn't using it. I was getting married. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's see. Let's have a listen. listen. Yep. Hey, Real Nerds. This is your not-so-foreign foreign correspondent here with a quick review of a Real Nerds own bike. First off, got to say, Team Todd. Never been asked. But, you know, Todd doesn't try and kill Brits. So I think I'm safer with the less xenophobic of the two of you. And then on to the review. As you both know, and your listeners have heard, Todd was kind enough to lend me his V-Strom when I uh, came up to Salt Lake City for his wedding. So got a chance to ride around on a real wheel nerd's bike and figure out how Todd's maintenance works. And I think he's applied some of the Ural techniques to the Strom, or possibly just the vodka. So anyway... Got to ride the thing, started off with Claire's garage and get up in the morning and get on the bike and I'm used to riding a WR250. And the V-Strom is somewhat bulkier. In fact, the thing is bloody huge. When you add the panniers on the front, you're sitting there and there's switches and there's dials and there's buttons and a rubber duck and grime and a wide saddle and panniers and bags and then the bags have bags, I think. Huge. So I take it off and start off and through the city and discover that the clutch has some interesting characteristics on Todd's bike. Well-maintained is uh, possibly not the words I would use. Little bit vibey. And in fact, I uh, get off the bike and start texting Todd thinking I'm going to have to tell him on his wedding day that I borrowed his bike and I've broken it. Turns out this is just normal that I should should expect it to just judder at 50,000 miles. Second thing I really notice is the fact that I'm possibly skinnier than Todd. And that his nice custom Russell Daylong seat is really a nice 
custom 45-minute long seat for me. And after that, I'm fidgeting and trying to find a comfy spot. Definitely learned that um, with those, get the one for you made. So we get Heather dropped off, start actually going out, following Claire up to East Canyon. And then we're going to go and do a little riding on our own and go out to Mirror Lake. So riding riding through East Canyon, I found I was struggling. Once again, I mean, one, I'm scared of all the buttons on that thing because they're not labeled and one of them's got to be the ejector seat. That's the only thing I can figure with that many little knobs and twiddles on there is that something's going to do something horribly, horribly bad to the bike or to me as an anti-theft system. Um, probably the rubber duck. So I'm struggling it through the twisties. I can definitely feel the 19-inch front wheel. And once I get it going and out of first, uh, the clutch issue goes away. And I start to actually you know, try to get a feel for the bike. doesn't turn as well as I'd expect. So I'm struggling with that. Probably sprung for a different weight than I, I am. Especially in probably sprung for luggage. So twisties, I'm starting to think I really hate the bike. And I'm going to have to tell Todd thank you and be very nice to him. Because it's his wedding day and I'm not going to tell him anything. I hated it. I really did. Fighting, struggling, was not having any fun at all, and just felt really awkward on it. So we then get out of the freeway to head out towards the turnoff of Mirror Lake, and then the bike starts to come into its own for me a bit more. The fact that the windshield is bigger than both my bikes put together might have something to do with that, but um, definitely great, great out on the highway, and fun to cruise on. Get to run up and down the engine a little more and discover that, you know, that 1000cc V-Strom engine is a great engine. It's even pretty smooth further up the RPMs and the duck, well, it pulls like a train once you get above 6,000 RPM. You definitely are a lot more aware of it trying to do the work than I was with the V-Strom. And so cruise out to Mirror Lake and start to get into some sweepers. When you're riding a wheel nerd's bike, the oddest things possible happen to you. Cruising down the road, and there's lots of signs about the wedding. A wedding, You know, pretty typical stuff. Down the road, past the signs, round down the wedding. I'm a curious sort. Check out the signs to see where the wedding actually is. Yes, Beaver Lake Nudist Colony. Wedding. Congratulations, guys. I'm sure that was one of the more memorable weddings that anybody who's invited to has ever been to. Once again, the rustle's a little awkward for me, and I'm having problems with that. But, you know, I'm significantly narrower than Todd is, and, you know, not built like him. On the twisties, the bike is also coming more into its own, and I'm starting to get a feel for it. It just took a long time, I felt, to get used to the bike. Might be because I was sort of afraid to touch it, touch it, because I'm not sure if that filth and the grime is catching, and if the aura of general toddiness is, could be caught by somebody else. Didn't want to find out, really. So, got back in there once again, and uh, wanted to say, like the V-Strom, don't think I'd want to own one. It's felt top-heavy and slow to steer, and again, I've been riding around for the week before that on a 2008 WR250X, which slow to steer doesn't really feature into that bike's repertoire at all. Well-maintained, not this, it's got some fun going on. The blinky gear indicator light in the corner of the eye would make me crazy. It did make me crazy. And the clutch thing around town, I would not, was, was, was also, you know, like I said, did I break it? And I kept texting Todd all day on his wedding day. Um... Is it supposed to do this? Yep. How about this really silly? Yep. Thanks, guys. Didn't catch anything from the bike. And go Team Todd. So one thing I suspected, because I got the thing back and a few days later, I was like, oh, these tires are a few pounds low. I wonder if they were low when Charlie had it. <laughs> so I think that probably didn't help him any. <laughs> I rode the Strom. I liked it. Yeah. It was pretty cool. I'd, I'd really like to take the new Wii Strom out for a test ride. Yeah, it's going to feel about the same. Yeah. Other than I rode the two, and frankly, the difference is not humongous. Mm-hmm. I mean, the V sounds better and has a little more grunt, but in general, like for just riding around, it's pretty similar. It's the same basic frame and shit. So I'm curious to see if they changed the ergos at all while they were doing the styling? It's possible, though. I doubt it. That was always one of the strong strong points for most people is they really like the ergos. Really? I, I, the ergos kind of weirded me out. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't uncomfortable or anything, but mm-hmm. it, was such, it was a weird feeling because mm. it was like big and wide mm-hmm. and the bars... And you've, you've monkeyed with yours a lot. Yeah, that's true. Mine is also... Mine, mine has abnormally wide, flat bars. Okay. I went to some trouble to get that. It was just... It was such a weird setup. It was comfortable, but it was just this weird mm-hmm. setup. Yeah, and, and I, that I, may I, be unique to mine. Yeah, I could see that being Todd. Yeah, it was just a bit of toddiness. It was like this big... It. Uh, it was like this big round thing in front of me. Oh, yeah, the, the physical... As Charlie said, the, the physical 
presence of the bike when you're sitting on it is tremendous. Yeah, it's very noticeable. And, you know, the Buell's got a pretty noticeable presence as well, but it's very different. Yeah. You you kind of feel like you're in the Buell, whereas on the Strom, I felt like I was behind the Strom. <laughs> <laughs> if that makes sense. No, I, I follow. As people talk about being in and on the bike. I never thought of it, but you're right. You kind of feel a little like you're behind the Strom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like with the with the Thruxton, you know, it totally feels like I'm, I'm on a unicycle. <laughs> yeah. With circus, circus music playing in the background, people throwing popcorn at me and catcalling, and and then the rocks start, and they hurt. They hurt really bad, Todd. Make them stop, Todd. Make it stop. Moving on. But yeah. I said make them stop! (laughs) Oh, you're a bad person, Chuck. I know. You deserve all the rocks you get. Shop. <laughs> so yeah, that's cool with the bus strong. Yeah, so uh, I'm glad glad you liked it. Glad uh, you had a chance, and uh, it's cool that he uh, he did find something he liked about it. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. actually interesting about the seat because it occurred to me Charlie's the only person who's ever been on that seat for more than like 15 minutes, other than me. Right. Yeah, because I was on, only on it for about 10 minutes. Yeah, because so. we swapped for mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes and all that, and people go to test ride the thing, and I let people test ride it. What the fuck are they going to do to it at this point? Um, <laughs> Anyone, anyone with a bike can basically pay for my bike to trash it. So <laughs> let them ride it. And most of them are like, oh, that seat's really neat, but it's no one's ever sat on it for long. Right, right. And uh, it is a custom seat, customized to me. So it's, uh, I could see if you're not me, it probably might be uncomfortable. I really want one of those seats. Oh, they're so great. But, oh, here's my problem. Okay. I want one of those seats. Uh-huh. But I'm afraid to put in that kind of money on the Buell. Ah. Uh, I'm afraid to buy a custom seat for the Buell that's, you know, that's going to be this one-off seat uh-huh. that's going to be perfect for me yeah. on a bike mm-hmm. that might explode. Yeah. <laughs> I can kind of see the problem there. There's a certain amount of – you're kind of you're kind of with the Buell where I was at with the Euro when I was thinking about ditching it. Yeah. It's where it's like, I don't think I really want to put any money into this thing right now. Every dollar I put in, I'm never going to see again. Right. And who knows how much longer it'll be. Yeah. I, I mean, Eric Buell, I love you, but you beat me with a stick. This, this bike is not not becoming confidence inspired. Right? I know. And at the risk of being like the prophet of doom here, is it is it me or does it seem like it's kind of a downhill slope? Ah, uh, if this year was sort of this kind of up and down, up and down, yeah. like a little sine wave. Like uh, the beginning, you know, it was good. It went through a couple trips pretty mm-hmm. well. Yeah, handled yeah. the two trips to uh, Colorado fine. Hmm. And then it, it came to this. Yeah, and and it's it just really uh, shit the bed. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm really, uh, yeah, I'm in a very questionable place about the Buell. Mm. I love that bike because, oh, God, the, the, when I was riding it out of the shop before any of this problem started, it felt so good to be back oh, on yeah, that thing. Oh, yeah, it's like, oh, yes. Power, the, the comfort, the mm-hmm. noise, it was, yeah. oh, everything was there. It was. All well, things you love about it. I had an erection. I'm not afraid to say it. I don't really need Shut to up. know that much. It was great. I mean, that was that's my bike. You know, that mm-hmm. was, that's my bike. Totally. And uh, it's your baby. Now I, I don't know, man. Mm. Well, let's you know. I mean, give it a, give it a chance. I mean, you're spending the money now to fix this damn fool thing, whatever it is. And if it is an electrical thing burning through or being scrunched through, mm-hmm. as soon as it's fixed, the nice thing about electrical stuff is once it's fixed, it's like really fixed, and that's that. Right. No more bullshit. Assuming it's that. Assuming it's that. Yeah. It's not, I, who the hell knows? I, I, I don't know. Things. It's, you know, uh, what people are on a Facebook page were saying, hey, time to get a something else. <laughs> time to get an insert other bike here. John, John, friend of the show, John is like, yeah, you need a GS or something. <laughs> it just happens you might be selling ones. So. <laughs> I'm just hoping he'll take really good care of it so I can, uh, you know, <clears throat> buy it for a bottom dollar. I don't know. <laughs> Moving on. Oh God, I don't know. Uh, it's re- it's a really tough. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky. Sp- how long do you keep kind of sinking money into it? Time and money. How long do you keep sinking time and money into fixing it? And you know that really. And you know, I gotta be honest though. It, it's more the time for me because I mean the bike's paid for, right? I mean, so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The bike's paid for. So it's you know your your recurring cost is not huge, but at the same time, if you can't ride the fucking thing. Yeah, and, like, or if you're afraid to ride it, you know, you're afraid yeah. to take it on a trip. Which I'm, is basically the same thing. Yeah, I'm afraid to take it on a trip with you guys now because until I get a couple under the belt at least. Yeah, see what it does. I don't want it to, you know. I mean, the other option is you can just take it for what it is. We'll go on a trip and if it dies, you get on the back of the Strom, <laughs> we put as much of your stuff in as we can, and we sit the goddamn Buell on fire and walk away in slow motion. 
You know, I do have a custom seat. <laughs> and the passenger seat is also custom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh Yeah, it's it's a real it's a tough situation. My wife asked me, she's like, if you sell the Buell now and just get rid of it, what do you want to buy? And I was like, I but, don't know, another Buell. Yeah, that's what I was like, a 2010 Yuli? <laughs> <laughs> With just a couple thousand miles? Yeah. Because that's the bike I want. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, the GSs are cool. The new mm-hmm. uh, 1200cc Tiger looks cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a whole slew of these kind of bikes on the market now. But, but none of them blow your screwed up with the Buell does. Right. Unfortunately, bikes aren't logical choices. None of them punch me in the face like the Buell. With, there you go. L- with love. <laughs> with love. <laughs> <Some> burn spring. <laughs> well, we didn't exactly get listener mail this week, apart from all these great classified ads. Right. We, uh, we've we got uh, one here to talk about, though. We've got a lot of fans, apparently, on Killboy. <laughs> Reviews such as, we are painful to listen to. The Wildners reminds me of why I gave up cable TV news. What? It doesn't even make sense. All right, whatever. Well, he's, maybe he's watching... F- Box. I, I don't know. <laughs> Killboy's mom <laughs> says. Wait, wait. Should we? Should we really be treading this ground? I think so. We're messing with a guy whose name has the word "kill" in it. His mom posted on his blog. Okay, <laughs> his mom is posting opinions. I'm just repeating them. Okay, this kills, is kills from the mom. Killboy's kill. mom says, "Stop picking on my son." <laughs> she didn't say that. <laughs> She says, these guys should have just kept quiet, but nice that they had you on. Uh, well, you know, if we had kept quiet, it wouldn't be the Wheel Nerds no. at that point. It'd be the Killboy Show. <laughs> Wheel Nerds, tolerated by Killboy's mom. Barely. <laughs> it seemed like Killboy's dad didn't mind us. Yeah, I think so. KB dad, he, he, he was just being friendly. He was just being friendly. <laughs> One never knows. Southern politeness. Just being polite. Yep. <laughs> that was a nice show, son. <laughs> Good job. You know, I can understand. My dad never really got my sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. My dad swore I was the unfunniest person he knew. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I've, does your dad have eight fans who tune in regularly? Mm, no. Do we have eight fans that tune in regularly? I don't know. I'm assuming we're getting a little bit of a bump from Killboy last week. We just read it. I wouldn't call his fans. Well, his mom is not listening. <laughs> She listen to the show with her boy on it. Painful to listen to. Well, that's probably true of you. Ouch. <laughs> you know what I'm picturing? What's it's, that? It's like the next time the U.S. invades some small country. <laughs> You're going to put them in a room and make them listen to Wheel Nerds. <laughs> no! No, not the It Blue song again! <laughs> if he says It Blue again, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> well, waterboarding is a form of torture. I think we've just been upgraded. Wheel Nerds, approved by the U.S. military for shock and awe. <laughs> they say that about me with my pants off. <laughs> Chuck will now drown in his coke. No, that that's just oh. <laughs> no one likes you. <laughs> what have you learned this week, Chuck? I've learned we're painful to listen to. I've learned you can please some of the moms some of the time, but you can't please everyone's mom all the time. <laughs> also, that's totally a Bergman. We need we need to have some with some time with Helga. She could probably sell it to us. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm Todd and I'm Chuck. Ride safe, everyone. We'll see you next week. If you listen to us on iTunes, please write a review for us so that we can get some more exposure and hits. Thanks. If you like this podcast, you can find more like it at wheelnerds.com. This has been a Wheel Nerds production. All rights reserved. Readings from other sources are the property of their respective owners and are used with satirical intent.